0: Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammie. Hey there, Cammie. Hey, Bryant. And my impermanent guest, Peter. Peter, welcome back. Hello. Peter, you're here. It's Friday. Podicus Magnus. It's great to have you back. We're really excited. Um, everyone, this is Mystery a podcast where every week we like to grab legends and tales, give you a story behind them and then talk about the history involved. And when Peter's here, which we do every uh, other week, we kind of dive a little deeper into certain topics. So we've covered Beowulf and Hercules and Marathon and today I think the podcast is going to erupt in popularity. <laughs> it's explosive. It's really yeah. uh, today we're we're gonna touch on some volcano stuff here. Um so Peter, uh I think you were inspired by the documentary that on Netflix Into the Inferno for this idea. Uh that was a, a very interesting documentary. It, some oh, I can't I should have looked up the actor's name before I got here. The German guy Fernanda Herzog. The yes, yeah, the guy who's the villain in like everything. Yes. Um yeah. He he's in it, and that was great. I didn't realize he was like a volcano file. He's a, he's who is it? Well,
1: he's a director. Like acting is kind of a afterthought right. for him,
0: but pays the bills, right? <laughs> um, and he he did like a movie on volcanoes, like a, or like a, fil- a a suspense movie. Didn't turn out so great, apparently, according to Rotten Tomatoes. But um, yeah, he did it. Apparently, he turned his love into another love. But we're so, there's a lot there with volcanoes, though. So, what we are going to discuss today? Well, Peter, why don't you tell us what you're talking about?
1: Sure. Well, to to kind of circle back a little bit. So, what what really kind of got me about the Werner Herzog and Clive Oppenheimer documentary Into the Inferno was that they looked at cultures that that live around volcanoes and how inextricable it is to like like you can't live near this this extremely dangerous, transformative, powerful thing without you know, some sort of belief system growing up around it. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I was really interested to hear, you know, different cultures, stories about volcanoes. So I'm going to be talking about a, a Hawaiian myth of Pele. And, uh, Cammy's going to be talking about, uh, Vulcan.
0: Yeah, that's right. So there's tons of myths. There's tons of, of deities in various cultures, Tons of extra podcast material that we've got lying in wait that we can certainly cover. But today, that's what we're going to focus on. Um, I, we're kind of uh, an over encompassing thing, specifically on Vulcan and Pele. So, Cami, take us away.
2: <laughs> sure. My sources are the Wikipedia entry on Vulcan and Ovid's Metamorphosis, uh, the translation by Charles Martin. All of Olympus awaited the birth of the child of the god of gods and the goddess of goddesses. But as soon as this babe sprang forth from Juno, the couple looked upon the face of this new deity and knew they could not present him as their own. He was impossibly red of face and small, too small for a god. His limbs were tiny and his demeanor was angry. Not at all what they'd expect from two, the two who sat on the highest throne of heaven. Juno was quick to make a plan. She took her newborn to the very top of Mount Olympus and threw him off the mountain. He tumbled for what seemed like eternity. One whole day and night passed before he found a landing spot in the sea, his leg badly broken. A nymph named Theseus took pity on the baby and rescued him from the waters. She nursed him to health and made sure he grew up happy and strong. His leg never recovered from the fall, But he managed to make his way through the world just as fine even with his limp. He found an early interest in metalworking after a mortal left his fire at the seaside. Vulcan found the embers and captured one in a clamshell. He used this to begin an underwater forge where he made all manner of trinkets for his mother and himself. He even made reins so he could ride the seahorses with ease. But a brooding resentment was forged in the tiny boy's heart. His mother had cast him out of the home of the gods and deprived him of his rightful throne. As he grew, his hatred grew to become the size of the man himself. His strong arms and back, no match for the strength of the rage within him. Theseus was very popular among the gods, known for kindness and beauty. She was often invited to join them for parties and dinners. It was one such occasion when Vulcan offered to make her a special necklace that draped perfectly around her. She accepted the gift with glee and wore it to dine with the gods. Every goddess was entranced by the craftsmanship. Juno spoke up and asked of its origins. Certainly no ordinary man could have made such an exquisite, exquisite object. She confirmed it was not made by man, but by a god. Juno realized then it must be the child she threw from heaven. She was full of rage and commanded the young man to come back to her, but he refused the command. He sent instead a throne made of all the most precious and beautiful metals and materials on earth. She was happy for the gift and set in right away. But Vulcan, though he took such great care in making his throne beautiful, took equal care in making it sinister. The throne grabbed his mother and held her tightly. It was only him who could free her from the prison she created when she rejected him so long ago. Jupiter took no joy in the rage of his son, nor the screams of his wife, so he made a peace offering with his child. He gave to him the most beautiful goddess as a wife. Venus agreed to marry him. Any one of the residents would have made that agreement, goods unseen, to quiet the screaming goddess. And Vulcan accepted the offer and traveled to Mount Olympus to free his mother, to the relief of even the mortals. Venus and Vulcan were never truly happy. Some poets tell of of a sort of love between them, but most only speak of the love of Venus and Mars. And we know of the tale of Aeneas, who was born of a mortal lover, Anchises, and the most beautiful of the Olympians. And Venus even found Hermes' antics charming enough. But she had no desire for a husband, so Vulcan, abandoned by his mother and now his wife, brooded in the depths of Mount Edna, where his forge kept him company. And every time he learned of his wife's infidelity, he would heat his forge and strike the metal with every bit of strength he possessed in his mighty arms. The embers and smoke would rise out of the mountain and rain down in the valleys beneath. And to this day, Vulcan remains as indifferent to the plight of the mortals who make their home there, as Venus remains unfaithful.
0: Ooh, Venus burn. (laughs) Literally, Venus burn.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy.
0: Poor Vulcan.
2: Can you blame her? He's yeah like suppo- supposedly grotesque
0: <laughs> yeah and he's got sure. a temper
2: problem on top of it
0: well I, I i knew this but then i i re-realized that his son is well he are, uh some he has several children but one of them is cacus like a fire giant gross dude that hercules killed for everyone's sake of course so uh, <laughs> it's just yeah it's not working out we're sorry vulcan um well cammy that was fantastic Thank, Thank you. you for, that was really good. Um, Have
1: you guys seen uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen? Mm-mm. Oh, it's so fun. That sounds familiar. It's a Terry Gilliam movie, um, and at one point, the Baron travels to, like, Vulcan and Venus's house, and Uma Thurman, play, <laughs> Uma Thurman plays Venus, like, young Uma Thurman, she's stunning. It's really fun. Um, and Oliver Reed from Three Musketeers Three plays uh, Vulcan. It's great. great, great, great movie. Oh, wow. Really fun.
0: That's great. That's really cool, I'll have to check that out. Um. Ever get that light bulb over your head at midnight that just goes ding, if that's the sound a light bulb makes? Or any idea that you probably shouldn't post on social media but the public definitely needs to know? Unless you're a vegetable, you probably do. That's why our panel of non-experts do it for you. Our seamless flow of humor to science and information will keep you engaged and wanting more. Side note, we even have our very own shaman. That's psyche-delicpodcast. All of our links are on Linktree. That's L-A-N-K-T-R dot E backslash the Psychedelic Podcast. Well, Peter, let's transport to a different side of the globe and talk a little bit about Pele.
1: All right. So for those of you who may have heard our um, Maori episode, you heard me massacre some, some Polynesian <laughs> names. I'm gonna attempt not to do that this time. I've got my phonetic spellings here in front of me, but uh, if, you're, if I make a, a goof, I apologize. I'm, I'm gonna do my best here. Um, so my sources were Hawaiian Legends by William Hyde Rice, um, as Bryant, uh, uh, said earlier, a lot of these stories were oral. Um, but this, uh, this Amer- I think it was English actually, uh, wrote these down and I believe, uh, Hawaiian legends is in the public domain, so you can find it pretty, pretty readily. Um, and of course I was inspired by the, uh, documentary into the inferno. Um, and i got some, some, uh, little factoids from, from Wikipedia as well. Here we go. Long before Maui the trickster fished up the islands with his great fish hook, and even before Maui the brave lassoed the sun to lengthen the days, the world we know lay sleeping inside a giant shell, a tiny grain of sand waiting to become a brilliant shining pearl. One day the shell began to open. The lid of the shell became Ranji, the sky father. The base of the shell became Papa, the Earth Mother. Ranji and Papa loved each other very much and soon Papa gave birth to 70 strong and powerful sons. The two parents remained locked in a tight embrace and the 70 sons had to live in the space between their parents' bodies. The sons became restless in their confined space and soon came to plotting and warring. Finally, the young gods were able to break their parents' embrace. Ranji floated away into the sky, and his tears became the rains, and these tears caused the oceans to form and plants to grow on the body of Papa. One of the sons, Moemo, settled on the island of Tahiti. He took a wife, Haumea, and together they raised thirteen children, seven strong and cunning sons, and six beautiful, and clever daughters. One daughter outshone all the others. Her stunning beauty was matched only by her fiery temperament. She was quick to anger, prone to jealousy, and deeply restless. Her name was Pele. One day Pele went to her parents and begged them to let her leave their island. Let me sail to the north and find the islands hidden by Kane. I will travel through the mists, to the Kingdom of Kuahi, the fire-thrower, there I will build a home for all of my brothers and sisters. Moemo and Haumea knew there was no way to dissuade their daughter once she had set her mind on something, but they had thought up a ruse to dampen Pele's fire and prevent her from burning too hot. You may go, my daughter, but only if you take your sister ha oh, no. <laughs> Ha'iaka with you on your journey. Ha'iaka was born as an egg, and Pele doted on her sister, carrying the egg wrapped in her tapa skirts. Pele went to her brother Kamohoati, the whirlwind. He gave her his swiftest canoe and his paddlers, the tides and the currents. Soon Pele was streaking across the ocean, the bow of her canoe splitting the waves like a knife. The seas around Pele boiled, and she left a trail of steam wherever she went. Pele explored many islands and had many great adventures, but had not yet found an island suitable for building a home. Finally, she came to the island of Nihau. Pele transformed herself into a beautiful human woman and went before the queen of the island. The queen felt great aloha for the stranger and threw a great luau in her honor. For several days, Pele sat with the queen and watched as women danced the hula and men surfed the waves and contended in games. One man in particular caught Pele's eye. Lohio Lohio was very handsome and the victor of many games. He also happened to be the king of Kauai. Pele resolved to marry Lohio and and proposed to him on the spot. The proud king was taken aback by Pele's directness, but he could not deny the stranger's beauty and regal nature. He found that he could not deny her anything at all for that matter. Pele smiled at Lohio's assent and cut the celebration short by declaring, but before we can be married, I must build us a home. And with that, Pele left in her canoe to continue her search for a suitable island. At every island she discovered, Pele dug down into the earth, but found only water. In her wake, she left a chain of islands, pitted with wet caverns and shrouded in her smoke. Finally, she came to Hawaii and sought out the island god, the great Kahuna Alealejo, the wood eater. The volcano god immediately recognized Pele's power and fled from the island in fear. Pele climbed to the top of Mount Kilauea and dug down until she found fire. Finally, she had found a place to build her home. She carved out a great cavern in the top of the mountain and called it Halea Mau Mau, the House of Ferns. Bright lava ran down its walls and pooled in a great fiery lake where the goddess would swim. Pele sent up a great column of smoke to signal her brothers and sisters that their new home was ready to welcome them. Warmed by the volcano's fire, the shell of Hiyaka's egg began to crack. The young goddess emerged from her protective shell, fully grown and stunningly beautiful. One night, as Hiyaka and Pele sat together on the beach, a song reached their ears from across the ocean. It was the song of Lohio, and it was a song of longing and heartbreak. Pele asked her sister to travel to Kauai and bring back her would-be husband while Pele made final preparations for their home. Heiaka was fearful of traveling alone, but Pele assured her that she would make a strong friend on her journey. Heyaka was given 40 days to complete her task and Pele warned her sister not to kiss the handsome Lohiao. The next day, Heiaka set out in her swiftest canoe. The first few days were challenging as she was new to the world and did not yet know the paths of the stars but soon she met the friend that Pele had foretold. Wahine Omao, the steadfast woman, was the mere opposite of the young beautiful goddess. She was old and plain, but her back was strong and she knew the invisible threads that connected all of the islands. She and Heiaka became quick and steadfast friends. Together they had many adventures and overcame many obstacles. They never refused to help a stranger and even brought an island king back from the dead. Every island they visited was home to a local deity, a kupua, as well as mischievous spirits called Akua who caused countless delays. Forty days passed before they reached Kauai, but Hayaka would not abandon her mission. Upon reaching the island, she went straight to Lohio's home only to find that the proud king had died. Of a broken heart. But in the air above the crowd of mourners, she saw the floating spirit of the dead king, and it beckoned to her. The spirit flew from her, and Hiyaka gave chase, finally capturing the spirit in a flower blossom. The young goddess attempted to squeeze the spirit back into Lohio's body through a cut in his toe. For eight days, she bent to her task and for five nights after she bathed the king's body in seawater to purify him finally hiaka was ready to bring the resurrected groom back to his fiery bride when they reached the island of hawaii hiaka sent wahini omeo ahead to announce their arrival as hiaka waited with lohaio on the beach she realized that she had come to love her sister's betrothed from the rim of kilauea Pele watched as her sister kissed Loheo. <gasps> Pele put on her fire robes as black smoke rose behind her. She strode down the mountainside as a great river of lava. Missiles of st- steaming rock flew from the crater and rained down on the beach all around Hyaka and Loheo. Hele surrounded Lohio with a great wall of lava which formed a dome above the king's head and quickly hardened into black, jagged rock. Hi'aka had to find a way to cool her sister's fire before the whole island was destroyed. She dug a tunnel from Kilauea down to the ocean. Lava began to leak from the caldera as blood leaks from a wound. The lava sent up great plumes of steam as it met the ocean. As the volcano drained, Pele's anger and power began to fade. Finally, Pele made peace peace with her sister. Pele's brothers resurrected Lohio once again, and Pele sent him and Heiaka back to Kauai so they could be married. Pele's anger cooled, but she lives in Kilauea to this day. Even after the old religion was abolished in 1819, Hawaiians still revere and fear the volcano goddess. It is said that Pele still appears to warn Hawaiians of impending eruptions, taking the form of a beautiful woman, sometimes young, sometimes very old, but always wearing her red fire robes.
0: Ooh, Peter, I think Ooh. you just outdid your golem story there. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was excellent. You, you covered so much on that. That was really great. Um, well, I was going to kind of start with Vulcan and Volcano stuff first, but I think talking about Pele is, is a good way to go right now. Um, okay. You, you really nailed it. Yeah, like uh, Pele, What one thing I really love about Pele and just reading a little bit on her is – so she's called either Madame or Tutu Pele as like an honorific. Mm-hmm. Um, so with with Madame Pele or Tutu Pele, she is – and, and I've, I've noticed this in other – volcano mythology the deities that are related to them are are sometimes just straight up malignant and bad and but sometimes they're very benevolent and i think pele is 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 a really good example of that like vulcan it seems it's it's very it's very rough and downtrodden but it's it's just it's 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 a lot of there's a lot of anguish i mean he was really set up from the start to be i mean when your mom eats you (laughs) off olympus like Mm -hmm. that's not a good way to start uh, what was she thinking? He's a god, anyway. Um, with <laughs> but Pele, But he though... wasn't
2: attractive, so she couldn't keep him. Uh, but he but... ends up being really
1: important, though, because doesn't he, like, make a lot of legendary objects, too? So for, for Yeah,
0: um, yeah for Athena's helmet, for sure. Mm-hmm. She wasn't thinking it through. Come on, Juno. <laughs> <sighs> but with Pele, it, it's really cool. So it, it is, you know, as far as, like, the history behind Hawaiian religion. Well, Hawaiian religion is is a lot like other religions. They, you know, that are like not Christian or, or, or based or Western based. They're they're polytheistic and they're animistic. Um, Hawaiian religion goes very far back. And if if you Peter mentioned it, we we did a great uh, episode where we talked. To, it was like a Maori one hundred and one kind of thing. Um, Maori myth, mythology, and we talked about the story of Maui and a few other things. And while that's you know, in, in the Polynesian islands, deep into Southeast Asia, Hawaii is technically, you know, part of the United States. They're, they're, they're very interconnected though. The peoples there are. And the religions like Maui, the god himself. He's almost like Hercules, um, not just in his stature and status, but in the way that he kind of pops up all around this the areas that mm-hmm. he's that the stories are around. He just comes up, and he, every every like culture has their own version and, and stories of Maui, and and it's yeah. really cool. And and Pele is, is very similar to that, but a lot of what we do know comes comes from those oral histories, and there there are some wood carvings that are dated back a few hundred years, um, as well as uh, temple thatched temples. Um, but other than that, yeah, Peter, you mentioned it, the the old religion was abolished in eighteen nineteen as a part of like colonialism, and th- during that period in the the age of exploration when they went to uh, explorers went to Hawaii, that's when we sort of did get stuff written down and the sources and things like that. And it's cool though. Um, there's, there's this concept of Huna, I think it's pronounced. It's, it's a modern theosophy where it it kind of takes the, the ideas of, of the old religion, but it, 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 it goes into like a philosophy. It's, it's, it's a philosophy based off of an old religion and it's not so in it, I, I this is just kind of my interpretation, but you know, you don't take it all as literal, um, but you take the the good meanings out of it, um, like like uh, the word mana it means like the power from within, and I didn't know that. I knew it's funny. Video games will feature that; they'll call your magic bar, your mana bar, and it's 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 a, it's because it's it's a word from from Hawaiian culture, from this this culture that means the power within, and there's a ton of other great sort of ideas that come from the Hawaiian religion and so Huna is a really cool modern thing. I just wanted to mention that I I really like that. But Pele is really important. She she was the creator and and that's another cool thing that you see in a lot of different mythologies is how volcanoes are destructive obviously, but they do create. And so I think it's it's cool that this religion, this, this, this story, this mythology, as well as many others. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about some of the others. They recognize the destructive power, but they, they, they were around long enough to also notice the, the life th- that came from all of this. And I think it's really fitting too. So, you know, the, the horrendous fires are going on in California right now. And like the, you know, like the, these are the worst ever fires in California right now, and I, have been learning about it and they've talked about how, uh, they need to up the, the like the, they've been talking to firefighters and and teams the correspondents that work on this stuff and they've been talking about how they actually they need to have these fires and and that was the problem or one of the contributing factors to ha- why this blaze is so big is because they didn't they, they've been fighting it for so long so there's all this lush vegetation that's there that's just totally ready for it so it is it's that cyclical nature of thing um, and make one more uh, or, or kind of off the beat reference civilization 6 I mentioned it several times I think I mentioned it during the Maori episode because they added a uh, coupe represents the Maori civilization and it's really cool C- civilization added like volcanoes and forest fires and stuff like that and you think it's like to hinder you and it's, it's true it's funny whenever you settle a city near a volcano there'll be like the there will be a little comment and it'll be like the citizens of so and so look very nervously at the volcano nearby, but, uh, and a volcano will erupt. And sometimes you do lose like population statistics wise, but then a couple turns later, after you recover, the land will give you extra outputs to food and culture and things like that. And that's so it i think we understand the importance of it of volcanoes um, i know when you're a kid you just you think of them as these you think of something that you're going to have to really worry about when you're a kid like i need to know <laughs> i need to know where the volcanoes are <laughs> what I, yeah, what i can do to stay and away that in the
2: bermuda triangle yeah
0: the two worst <laughs> things when you're a kid that you've got like i got to worry about those things and then once you realize i don't have to worry so much about those things but then but then later eventually you'll learn how the volcanoes fire um, like forest fires and things like that. Um, actually they, they are natural. They produce uh, a lot of good, um, mm-hmm. as well as the bad. Um, and, and I just really yes. like seeing the recognition behind it and, and these, the self-reflection, like, um, I didn't go, I'm not going to go too much into it, but, uh, I'd heard this before that the, Wikipedia talks about the, the equivalent. So I, I pulled up the Wikipedia page for Vulcan and it talks about the equivalent. So in Greek mythology, it's Hephaestus. And, and he, he is Hephaestus is very Vulcan like in smithing and things like that. Don't know if he's super Ugo, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, but there's other things, but uh, Kagutsuchi is a Japanese equivalent. And I'd seen that name before. Cause you know, I love uh, animes and video games and stuff like that. But um his death is really important in japanese mythology because it him he he's like cammy and i talked about uh, japanese creation myth and so please listen to that and and he's actually a son of izanami and izanagi the sort of the, the the creators of life and he was killed and his death marks the end of the creation period and the beginning of death it's it's no more gods or you know essentially the, the here's the land out of the death of Kagatsuchi and and with his with his death with the land no more creation and death, but it's, it's the, that's what brings, um, like flavor to life and importance to life and things like that. So, uh, I just, I really like, there's a lot of poeticness or poetic, uh, ideas mm-hmm. behind this. And, and you think, especially like, you just think society would just be so afraid of them and, and it would just be such a terrible thing, but it's it's not, It's it's, it's, Almost just a natural part, and I, well, I think we can go into a Pompeii episode at some point. But I did a quick little reading on that just to see if you know it would add any to the podcast. And a lot of people evacuated Pompeii. Um, I mean, these people—they'd they, been there for thousands of years. They knew the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew what they were getting into. And so, p- some people did die, unfortunately, but a lot of people left and were able to move because anyway. So,
2: well, you know he, what's really interesting yeah. about the Pompeii thing a lot so if you look at the people that are dead right like the that still exist it's just like almost ash portraits of people Mm -hmm. um they you can tell that they basically burned alive they didn't die from like smoke inhalation or anything else and they're like writhing in pain sure oh yeah because of the way it it gets them yeah yeah maybe like a
0: plastic
1: cloud it's it's a it's basically a superheated cloud of gas, so it's not fire. It's like superheated. It's like air. an oven. Yeah. 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 It's,
0: it's yeah. Like the yeah. You like think it's, like it's, by it's, the time the lava started going, they'd they'd start hoofing it. Right. So, it's way but, be, yeah. way before then. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh But there, yeah. there
1: are there are advantages to like living near a volcano. I mean, like like it's it's destructive, but it, it's but it's also about fertility. Like the right. the, la- the lands around volcanoes are rich farming. You know. Yep. So it's like there's there's a certain draw to live near them, but they're extremely dangerous, so. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's a really I, neat balance.
0: When I took Italian in college, we we talked about Sicily and, and a few other states, but Sicily has a volcano and, and they, my teacher made a point to talk about how like it, you, you can really taste the difference because of that soil that's enriched buy all of that, and it, it totally makes sense. It, it just, mm-hmm. it takes time, it's a part of that nature. Uh, and it's, it's just really cool. Well, so moving on, I'll, I'll kind of mention, I have a, a couple of sources. There's, there's so much here, of course. Uh, it was funny, one one of the first sources that popped up is, I'm not really sure what this is. So the, the website is from oregonstate.edu. It's 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 volcano.oregonstate.edu. And it, from what it looks like, I'll include it, because it's just cool it's in in the um, show notes. It looks like it's someone's project or maybe a class's project, but it's a collection of, of it's, it's called, it's entitled volcano folklore and it doesn't really have like authors. I don't know, it, but it's really fun. And it even mentions, uh, Pele. There's a little story on Pele. It doesn't go in depth like you did, but it talks about these cool things called lava trees that are in Hawaii apparently where I, and there's a picture of them. They look just like little like ash, clumpy like hard trees and and there's a, a like in a nutshell a story of like this guy uh mm-hmm. and who who challenged Oops. who challenged Pele to a um a halua right a uh, race mm-hmm. and um Pele lost and in her anger Made it rain fire and they turned into (laughs) ashtrays, and so (laughs) it's just like oh, there's the malevolence that can occur in the uh, as opposed to the benevolence. So (laughs) it was just really cool. Um, Yeah, I'll include this. There's tons. I mean, from um, Iceland, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, Mexico, even even more modern. Um, from America, uh, some of the areas that that you know do have volcanoes and mountains, Indonesia, there's a lot, um, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. Greece, and and you know one thing we have we decided on after this is that we want to kind of touch on uh, Atlantis at some point. We've we, I think we've Cammy and I at least definitely discussed that. I mean Atlantis is such a great mythological city, but I never realized that volcanoes are connected to that, and that's pretty recent too, that idea. So that's a a preview for a uh, future. Mm-hmm. A Magnus or episode that's coming soon. But anyway, so to, to go into it, you know, the modern, I mean, volcanoes are super important, and volcanology is a huge science uh, that's a part of, of natural sciences. And it's pretty obvious the word volcano coming from this god Vulcan, and that is the case for the etymology of the word volcano. If you look it up, it's very straightforward. But Oh, yeah, it um it means like Oh, no, hold on. I had it up in one thing cuz I have a couple other things. It No, 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 no. no it's okay. I don't okay. think
2: it's an actual Latin word, right?
0: Well, no. It, the the direct name isn't. Um it, it the the volcano, the word volcano comes from a, a a lot of other things. Um in fact, what they do think there's a, an idea. There's the Latin word fulger, which means lightning, or or is is connected to the idea of lightning. F U L G E R, and if volcano fulger. There's this kind of, you know, similar sounding kind of word. But no, I don't. I don't think there is like a Latin definition um, per se. So where, and this this is all speculation because we're we're going. Well,
2: the Etruscan was what Cephalon or something like that. There was is that a... a um
0: the etruscan sethlands was the um, etruscan equivalent but there was a few others there uh, so it it kind of there's there's a a stronger theory that there's a connection to a a, and this fun phrase pie proto-indo-european and I was really interested in this. Um, there's this word vulkanos, um, W-L-K-A-N-O-S. And I think that in this case, the W would be a V. So vulkanos is this, this Proto-Indo-European word. And there's also an old Sanskrit word, which is ulka, which means a darting flame. So now, and I I, I mentioned this before, and I, I hope I'm not, um, Betraying me myself by mentioning it again, I, I listened to this great uh, a great course in history thing uh, from Grant Hardy. It was about Eastern uh, East or Asian polit- ph- Asian the origins of Asian philosophy, and he talks about uh, he said such, such a great job. Please check it out. It's it's like free on on library services. And one thing that was really cool was he mentions the connection between um, Sanskrit and like modern English. I mean, it's a loose sort of thing, but you know, in in the like it all kind of the the Indo-Europeans kind of ended up in India and, and that's kind of where Sanskrit kind of evolved, but, but there was a lot of migration. So some of them went into like where Russia is and Anatolian plateau. So there was a lot of this movement, but a lot of these people that at one point spoke a similar language that would blossom in different ways. But anyway, a great idea or a great connection. And this is a, a modern day equivalent of, of in Hinduism is there's this God, a fire God, Agni. And, Agni, it's it, it saying this, this word, the this Sanskrit kind of root word. I Think Sanskrit is like a Latin equivalent. As a, it's not, a, it's not a used language, but it's, it's quite old. But ignite, ig, the, where we get that word, and it, it, it's a, there's a connection there. So that's what really kind of makes me uh, giddy is because of the, these connections between these Proto Indo-European languages. So this this volcanos word kind of evolved into several different things. Uh, a big thing though is, and w- which kind of confuses me, is there's a, a Cretan, um, Velcanos, it's like Velchanos is what it's spelled mm-hmm. with a C-H. Um, and uh, so when, when they mentioned Cethlans, um for the Etruscans, I think that they also have the word, um, a, a Velcans word as well. I'm not seeing it on my other notes, but yeah, Velcanos and Velcans is another mm-hmm. word in this, the Greek sort of area, uh, the ancient Greek area. And, you know, the Cretan civilization predates the Greeks in a lot of ways. It's it's a part of the ancient Greek tales. We've talked about it in episode one, um, but so- It's, it's
1: really interesting because it's like, you know, in my mind, I'm assuming that volcanoes are named after Vulcan, but- he could be named after these and they, these root words, you know. Right,
0: like. they kind of are, but there's like a there's there's like a, a and here's the thing. So so it, let's say the Cretans, the, the Minoans, or who, whoever was in Crete who said Velkan, because remember Cretans, Crete is a place, and you know it's kind of weird. Minoan was a civilization. I don't know if the Minoans did actually say the word Velkanos, uh, but in Crete they did have a, a fire god Velkanos. But it's like, why did the Greeks? call theirs Hephaestus, you know, where did, Mm. like, why, why did that come? But then it kind of comes back with the Romans as Vulcan, but not with Mm. the Etruscans, the predecessors to it. I don't know. We, this is like a few degrees above my research capacity (laughs) for this. So like that, you know, take what you can from this, but there, there is some really cool explanations there. And that's what I wanted to touch though is there's a a very obvious connection between volcano for our modern word volcano with the latin word or with the latin god i should say not really the latin word but it's it's kind of weird before that and it's but the cool thing is is there there's a deep i mean like we're talking like you know 3500 bc kind of roots in this these ideas these these names these gods the in these things so i i I really like it, I, I, there, there is a lot there, we sh- certainly should um, come back to some of these other uh, gods and things like that. Um, Vulcan, just to kind of give a little bit more specifically on him, um, it w- was a big deal, though. There was the Volcanalia, Vulcan- Vulcanalia, uh, a festival um, on August 23rd. I hope you guys celebrated it. We just missed it. <laughs> um, where, where uh, When the summer heat placed crops and granaries most at risk of burning. So you'd think, you know, like you didn't want your granary to like light a flame. So what they would do, uh, they did these big bonfires in honor of the god. Look, see, here's the fire. Please don't make any more. <laughs> so cool. uh, and they and would then, plead
2: to Venus not to cheat on him. I know, uh, yeah.
0: Please. <laughs> just just hold out for a few All days, the prayers were to Venus. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they would throw uh, fish and small animals into the fires. Um, and, and Wikipedia notes uh, in place of humans. So at one point they were oh, just, yeah. <laughs> as, Good idea. as Vulcan was chucked off, like. By his mother, uh, mothers chucked kids into fires to save their crops and things like that. So, uh, I think that's essentially all I've got. Like I said, I I, I used a few Wikipedia pages. I've got that Oregon state write up. That was just wonderful. Um, bbc.com also, I'll I'll link this article. It has a really cool thing that sort of detailed everything I had. It's where I kind of got the idea of the, how the oral history in Hawaii and the Polynesian islands is really what carries the myth of, of Pele that, uh, unfortunately there wasn't any like old texts or something like that. But yeah, it's just, it's really cool. I, I, I think, we don't really think too much about this and how how important it is, how, how important volcanoes were. And being in these ancient civilizations and seeing it, I, I mean, there's even just now I'm looking like I I didn't mention there was an Egyptian, you know, God. There, there was always sort of an attribution to this. And what I really like seeing is in so many of these societies, they... Uh, not not only just were afraid of uh, this this I mean it's it, you just think it would be just to be afraid of it, but they also did notice the life and the 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 nurt- like the nurturing factor of it that the volcanoes would bring. So that's one thing I think is just really profound is these ancient civilizations recognized, this even like uh one of my favorites too that i put a note of lalahan is is a philippine is a part of philippine mythology and the wikipedia i, I didn't look into it but or, or i just barely did not for this show but it the the little quip for it is the goddess of fire volcanoes and harvest it's it's all it's mm. like the same for so many different it's a theme mm. that's the show guys
2: <laughs> no
0: bring uh, yeah it's an awesome it's an awesome myth theme when we've mentioned this word before, but if it, it's an actual word. We didn't make it up. It's not a pun. It's an actual <laughs> word. And it just means these ideas that are independent of other cultures. So so, you know, the obviously the Philippine, uh, the people of the Philippines and the people why Hawaii probably weren't high fiving uh, you know, thousands of years ago or the people of of. uh uh, for vulcan things like that but they all had the same idea these these people who who living independent of each other live near volcanoes got these same ideas around fire harvest around it being a a benevolent god but also a scary god so anyway yeah that, that was really great peter and cammy you guys did a fantastic job with your stories those are really great i appreciate your work that you did on that um I think that about covers it for all I've got. I like I said, there's a lot here. I wanted to give you guys a little snippet. We we will be coming back to some of these. I, I know we can tackle a few um independently. I didn't even realize too. One one last honorable mention of a, a volcano deity, Yahweh. Oh did yeah? you know that? Yeah. Yeah, no, in I had no idea. in pre-Judaic, here we go. <laughs> yeah. pre Hebrew Hebrew religion. Some scholars, there's the there's the little asterisk um suggests that the ancient Hebrews worshiped a volcano, so that i oh, wow yeah, so there there's some cool things there again it's it just goes to how far back we can go with some of these societies um what what stuff they have available, but if there's a volcano nearby, they were worshiping it yeah, exactly there's got to be a story so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, excellent. Well, again, thank you both for your wonderful work and stories. Um, everyone, thank you for listening on Mystery. If you have any suggestions for future shows, let us know. our Facebook group is probably one of the best ways to get in touch with us. We do have a Twitter as well, and you can also watch us, all of us looking at each other here on YouTube if you would like to as well. Um, remember it's mystery with an i e. So yeah, anyone have anything else to add before we wrap up?
2: I think that's it.
0: Awesome. Well everyone, we will see you next time.
2: Aloha! Oh. <laughs> Venus stop.